Yes, it's been a while. It has been a while. Not for you guys, because you just listened to an episode last Wednesday. The Hunter. Yeah. But we we took a break in recording because Aaron was out of the country. Yeah. Where did you go? I left the country. Yes. She fled, I guess. <laughs> I was in Ireland and Northern Ireland for 10 days on like a family genealogy type trip. So it was very, very cool. Um. And so we were driving around the country. Luckily, so I went with my great uncle Walter, so my grandmother's youngest brother. And he loves bookstores. Oh, what a good man. He was a, he's a great man. He's one of the great men. <laughs> he is. So every time we went to a new town, he's like, well, where's a bookstore? Also, he's from Lawrence, Mass. So he also has a very thick accent. Um, and so we ended up going to a ton of bookstores in Ireland and Northern Ireland, which was Eh, fantastic oh yes that's my dream yeah i do that is my big travel trip for people travel tip for people is like find out the good independent bookstores wherever you're going and then go there first because i feel like wherever there's a good independent bookstore it is like a nice neighborhood yes yes you're going to also have like good restaurants around there and coffee shops and stuff and it'll be very walkable i met a lot of great dogs in ireland too you met a lot of great dogs because we were visiting family okay and they all had dogs yeah and so then i would just make best friends with the dogs oh that's great and so then i loved it out of all the dogs who's your favorite oh it's of the people that of the dogs i met of the dogs you met yeah mort is my favorite mort his name is mort oh that's great cousin bobby's dog he picked him up from the turf man. What is that? So the turf is this thing that they burn in Ireland, and it's like a packed mud. And so the turf man is somebody who comes to your house to deliver you turf. Oh, and they burn, you burn it, it in a fireplace. Yeah. Okay, it's not some weird ritual. No, but I'm sure if you wanted to, you could certainly create a ritual around it. Okay. I don't want to stop anybody. No. But normally, so you just have like a bucket of turf, but they're like logs. Okay. And then you just throw the turf into the fire. Okay. Like a regular like potbelly stove like or whatever. Okay. Um, all my relatives, like one of my relatives, she, her house had an electric fireplace and she ripped it out so that she could burn turf. Oh, Like that's... they're very, the smell is really great I'm too. sure. Anyway, so the turf man found Mort on the side of the road, and he is part Jack Russell, part like Terrier or something. Oh, so he's a mutt. Yeah, nice. he's the best. Mutts are the best. They're the best. And so then the turf man brought him to my Uncle Bobby. <laughs> That's so funny. And gave it to him because his dog had just uh, passed away. So, Aww. yeah. So, Bobby, he has uh, two donkeys, a ton of chickens, and a dog from the turf man. Man, I should. Is there a market for a turf man romance? Yes. Where a turf man comes in and he, there's a, a woman who he sweeps off her feet on his delivery route. I don't know if this turf man is sweeping anyone. I did meet him. Okay. Uh, he seems like a very nice guy, though. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that sounds like a great. His shirt wasn't flapping open and his chest wasn't glistening or anything like that. <laughs> no, he okay. remained fully clothed and he's a, a 70 years old. And a little shorter than me. Oh, okay. Not that I don't love a short guy. I yeah. Do. Um, well, you have been teasing that you want to write a romance, so maybe this is the one that you should write. Turf man. Yeah. Turf man. Hit the turf. That sounds more like sports oriented, though. Is oh, it spelled yeah. like yeah, T-U-R-F? 
Yeah, that's the only thing I'd run into. People would think, like, it's a sports romance if I had turf in the title. Yeah. You know? You would have to make sure that cover is somebody just cut in turf. Which would illuminate everything. They'd uh, they'd know completely, oh, this is turf. (laughs) This is that kind of turf. Because they have this special shovel that they cut the turf with, and everyone would be like, oh, it's the turf shovel. Oh, it's the turf shovel. Yeah, at first first I thought it was about sports, but that's obviously a turf shovel. (laughs) I'd know that shovel anywhere. (laughs) Yeah, but I, yeah, I loved it. Everybody go to Ireland if you can. Mm Mm-hmm. Hang out with family and meet good dogs. Yeah, or just travel because it it gives you perspective. Yeah. Now I feel bad because the other dog I met was named Scooby, and he had recently had a wasp bite his eye, so he had like one eye that was all puffed. He up. wasn't at his best. <laughs> he wasn't at his best. Yeah. And he also weed every time that he got excited, and he got excited a lot. So we were all cleaning up a lot of piss. All right. Okay. So I mean, he's he's not even he's it, not playing it, it, with his a game yeah yeah it's hard it's yeah. hard anyway i'm sure he's a fine dog but he's no more he's no more he's no more i wish my uh my cousin bobby had a phone that wasn't just like a flip phone pay as you go and then he could send me pictures of more because that's all i crave now oh he has a burner phone yeah, he does. that's great listen he's a drummer he plays in three bands and he has a burner phone i think we know what's going on there <laughs> <laughs> anyway I recently quit my job. Congratulations. Yeah, it was, I wasn't happy. So I would think it was a long time coming. So I'm very excited about that. But with that comes like, you know, different things you have to worry about. Yeah, free time and things like that. And um, so I know we got a lot of listeners out there uh, and we have a lot of listeners from New York. So if anybody has a gig, (laughs) I'm free, baby. editing a podcast if you have a podcast i'll edit it for you you know i produce things too you know i produce videos and all that stuff i'm a writer so anything you want to do email us learning the tropes podcast at gmail and i'll see if there's anything i can do about it yeah yeah so we read a book today we did did you read it today too Oh, well, you you read it today. I read it today. I read it yesterday and today. Because I was in Ireland and I forgot. Yeah, and yeah. And I got back and I was like, yeah, let's do this. And I'm very happy that we read. I enjoyed reading this book yes. in one day. Like, it was so easy to read in one day. Because we've had books that would have been rough stuff. Yes. But this was, like, a joy to read. Absolutely. So, yeah, I had a great time with it. So what did we read? We read American Dreamer by Adriana Herrera. Dreamers, book number one. I looked over at Milo, who was still gulping down coffee. I've been doing this for two years, and I need to be able to make a decent living. I'm not going to be sweating it out for the rest of my life to barely break even. If I can't get it off the ground like I want to in Ithaca, I'm done. Se acabó. Milo clicked his tongue like it was taking every ounce of patience he had not to hit me upside the head. Oh, my God, you got to stop. You've agonized over this move for a year. You'll be doing business like gangbusters up there. You're going to kill it. You know why people love ethnic food wrapped in a tortilla? He held up his hands with his index fingers hooked together, ready to start pulling out the receipts to shut down my bullshit. First of all, the concept is awesome, and your food is delicious. Second, there isn't any Caribbean food anywhere up there. Now stop whining before I lose my temper with you. I've had like three sips of this coffee, and you know better than to aggravate me when I'm not properly caffeinated. I could only laugh. You're an idiot. This is why I knew Milo and the guys coming along for the drive-up was a good idea. Because despite the fact that he was salty as fuck sometimes, the guy could give a hell of a pep talk. The book number three just came out like a few days ago. 
But when, when this is released, it would have come out like two weeks ago. Should we judge the cover? Yes. Uh, it's fine. Yeah, not it, it. I don't think that I'd like to see some skin. He's it's supposed to be Ernesto. Yeah. Um, Nesto, as we know him. And uh, he's just wearing a T-shirt. And I'd like to see some of that skin because uh, Jude, who is the other gentleman in this book, was super into uh, Ernesto's body and him being shirtless. So I would like to have been able to, you know, experience what Jude experienced. Yeah. And there's also nothing about this book that screams romance to me or anything that this book is like about. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just it's fine. It should have been a food truck, like rocking. Like if so we're like gonna a do a multimedia car- experience, if we're gonna, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like a hologram cover. So when you like look you at it, and then you can a- move. I love a gimmick. <laughs> I love a very expensive gimmick that people who will write books who are like, how much money do you think I have fucking have to make a? Like, what do you think my marketing budget was, asshole? <laughs> to have hologram covers. Which this book's mostly probably read on Kindles because most books are read on Kindles now. So it wouldn't even you wouldn't even be able to do it. No. But maybe a limited run of, say, like, I don't know, 100,000 copies with hologram on the front. Or to have the abs like embossed. Well, I always want the abs embossed. And I'm telling you, like I said this before, if we have any new listeners, I have an idea for a Kindle, like a case that has embossed, embossed abs on it. So that when you're reading a book with sexy men in it, when the character is rubbing their fingers up and down the abs, you can be doing it too. Yeah. I think it's a spectacular idea. Would you read that on the subway though? No, that case is for home use. Yeah, that's a home. That's a home yeah. case. All right. Yeah. I don't I think there's nothing wrong with having a separate case for your Kindle when you're at home. <laughs> Because most people have that money to burn as well. Yeah. You're co- you just quit a job, but you're coming up with <laughs> very expensive ideas. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm feeling great. The, the sky's the limit. Oh, totally. Listen, you know? I don't want you to bring yourself down. I, I've seen the other covers, and the other covers are better. I mean, it's not a horrible cover. It's just I wish there was a a more evocative cover because it's so much about, like, food trucks. So if you were to throw that in somehow, I think that would be interesting. Or like chefs or... Yeah, something like that. I don't know. Maybe maybe a food truck's not a sexy thing to put on a cover either. I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, unless it's rocking. It, unless it's rocking with a hologram. <laughs> or it's a cartoon cover. I know I you mean, hate cartoon covers, no, but if you had like a... If you had his, his cart rocking, you know? Or just like abs. Or you know what you have. So in this book... You have a um, Ernesto who uh, owns a food truck, a Caribbean food truck. And then you have Jude who is um, gets a book truck for the library going. You have the Caribbean food truck yeah, humping oh, the library truck. Right? No. <laughs> and then you know what this is about. Two trucks. Pumping. Yeah, two trucks having sex. And then and then you see Jude in the library truck like thumbs up. Oh, he's into it. He's well, of course he's into it. It's consented. I mean, as much as a truck can consent. Yeah, I think now we're wading into difficult water. I guess is there there's an issue there and I I guess there's a consent issue, so I apologize for that. 
I mean, it's a fine cover. Yeah. It wouldn't dis- it, it, it when I looked at it, it wasn't like, ooh, what, you know, I wasn't dissuaded from reading it because of the cover. Yeah. Yeah. So you've touched on it, but what was this book about? Well, this book starts with a tragedy um, where our main character, <laughs> Ernesto Vasquez, Nesto, as we'll refer to him, has to move from New York City. Mm-hmm. He doesn't really have to, but he feels like he needs to because he has this food truck and he's going to go to Ithaca, which is still in New York. It's not that far away from New York City. It's, uh, like, it's far. I mean, but it's close enough that you're in the same state. Okay. Yeah. How far is it? Like five, six hours. Five, six hours. Okay, so that's a while. That's too far away. <laughs> Might as well live in Philly. So he he moves to Ithaca um, and um, to work on his food truck, and he's going to be there for six months maybe and see how it works. Jude Fuller is a guy who lives in Ithaca, and he works at the library, and he uh, is a guy who – he comes from a very religious family, and uh, he is – Kind of, he's out, but he's more skittish about it. But Ernesto is completely out and wants everybody to know, which is a big thing that happens in this book where he starts with it. He always mentions like his boyfriend or his sexuality in the sense of just saying like, if I'm going to get involved with a business person with this, I want them to know about me because he's like super comfortable with who he is and a super bold guy, which is great and something that you needs. Anyway, they meet and they... uh get together, and that's kind of it. I mean, I'm trying to think, what is any... I mean, there's Misty, who is this um, white woman who is an asshole, and she has all these connections in the uh, in Ithaca, and she uses it to kind of screw with Jude because Jude works with her at the library, but also she starts attacking Ornesto because she's a racist, and uh, she's a thorn in their side, and uh, they have to kind of deal with her. Jude has to deal with his family, who comes back into the picture because his sister gets really sick, and he has to go visit her, and uh, that kind of throws a wrench into things. But there are just kind of smaller misunderstandings uh, when eventually they do end up uh, together. Does that make sense? It does. It's kind of hard to do that with books that don't have a lot of big uh plotty stuff you know uh like it's it's sometimes easier to talk about a book like you know elisa clay pass uh, like historical because it's gonna be like all these big moments and this is more of a slice of life thing which i did enjoy though because i do think that there were some really nice true moments in this book that really showed what it's like to start a relationship especially like in jude's case after a while of not being with somebody. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And I think she's a very talented writer. So the entire time I was reading it, I was like really enjoying myself and she is great at characterization um, and all of those things. So it, while you're reading it, you aren't, you don't feel like mm, nothing's happening. Like it feels no. like big things are happening, but then sort of as you tell it, you're like, you know, they feel a little bit smaller. What did you think about their meet cute? Oh, at the gas station? Yeah. That was so the meet cute is Ernesto uh is parked at the gas station and Jude's there and he's wearing an NPR shirt 
and Nesto laughs at him. <laughs> but um, I thought that was it was awkward and and cute. And I did worry that one of my least favorite kind of protagonists is a an awkward protagonist, somebody who is just super awkward all the time. It's very hard for me to read a whole book with that person as a protagonist and i was a little worried for a second that jude would be that but he wasn't which i was very happy about he's just more held back and fastidious than ernesto is but i I, like i liked that because i liked that there was like a counter uh because ernesto was just very he he knew what he wanted and he was going to take it but gregarious yeah but in a way that was also really respectful because Mm -hmm. when they were uh, first courting, Jude was playing pretty hard to get, or he was not wanting to hang out with Nesta as much as Nesta wanted to hang out with him. And Nesta was cool about it. He didn't force the issue, but he did bring Jude along a little bit. And that, I really like that where it didn't, Nesta was like, Hey, whatever you want to do, we can be friends or we can hook up. I'm good with either. And I, I, I really like that. And I do think the thing with contemporaries that can be difficult is sort of like, why aren't these people together? Um, And with this, where it's like a male-male, like a gay romance, normally you'd think like one would still be in the closet, but they're not. They're both open in sort of every aspect of their lives, which is great. And so then it just becomes their own bullshit that keeps them apart. And I think Nesto, it was a little bit about his his food truck and getting his business off the ground, but I thought it was really interesting for Jude because the stuff with his family is like hinted at, but they're not really introduced until like halfway through the book that you realize like sort of the extent of what had happened, which is basically like a preacher came to town when he was a kid and was very conservative and then pushed him when he came out of the closet, sort of, he was disowned by his family, which is also which is obviously very difficult, but you really understand then why he is so reluctant to want to be in a relationship. And especially with Nesto, because he is so big and so like emotionally big and a big presence and, Jude is so attracted to him from the jump and he realizes like this could be it and that he just has that fear, which I think is something that can happen when you are confronted with somebody that you know is going to be the one that you sort of are like, I'm not ready for this. Um, So I really love that characterization, that sort of like watching Jude come around to to accepting it because even like the big misunderstanding at the end which is basically jude finds out that his sister is dying of cancer he still is excommunicated from his family but she still wants to see him and then he goes right before she's supposed to be moved to hospice and she has invited the pastor who was sort of the catalyst for the family um disowning him to try to save his soul at the end and nesto wasn't there for him when that happened but when somebody is broken or when somebody has had big things happen to them, you understand that then they're waiting for that to happen again. Yeah. And so they're so while this is like a, maybe a, a small thing, like people are busy, people are in meetings, people are working. You can understand why he was just waiting for that one for Nesso to fuck up that one time. So then he could like 
say, oh, yep, this is the reason. This is emblematic of everything. This is emblematic of the way everyone in my life treats me. Yep. Go away. Self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. And it's so destructive. And I, like, see it with my friends sometimes, too, in their relationships. And it's just so frustrating to watch. Name them. (laughs) They won't learn unless you name them. (laughs) They know who they are. (laughs) I'll beep it out. Wink. (laughs) Anywho... But I, you know, I really thought that that was treated really respectfully. And that was just like a really interesting characterization of Jude, who I think at the beginning I wasn't expecting much from either. Okay. You know? Yeah. I, I like the little, like, it is so, there were so many moments in this that had that, that trueness of like a new relationship where when Jude finds out about his sister getting sick, he's just spun out. And he's not all there. And he was supposed to help Nesto um, for this weekend at this market. That's like a big deal for him and his in his truck. And um, he is late. And when he gets there, he's messing up orders. He's looking at his phone. And Nesto's thinking, oh, because they, oh, that was the night before where they actually slept in uh, the same bed together and got busy. <laughs> and Nesto was worried that, oh, did I take it too far? Because Nesto... He takes control in the bedroom, which is super yeah, hot. Yeah, yeah, Um, And he was worried he took it too far and what's going on with our relationship. And you always do that. And you might even do it even in a relationship where you're with somebody for a while where their mood always feels like it, it's, the, it's caused by you, something you did. But everybody has their separate lives and they have other things going on. Sometimes it really isn't about you. And it's very easy, though, to get that view of, oh, what did I do? What did I do? What did I do? It's like the world happened. And you just have to be open and honest and let them talk if there's an issue. And I think that they were still new. It was very hard for, you know, Jude to just unpack his history, which he didn't want to do, to Nesto. But Nesto also was, like, mad that he was late Mm. and pissed. And he was and Nesta was already late because he picked up um, a woman whose car had been broken down, this girl named Riley, who ends up being the daughter, the granddaughter of this guy. Um, what is his name? Sheridan. Mr. Sheridan, who owns half of the town, who was going to stop by the market and stop by when Nesta was not there. But. We find out later. And I knew as soon as I knew that he picked this girl up, I was like, oh, that's he's related. She's related to Mr. Sheridan. And this is going to all work out. Oh, I thought she was going to be Misty's daughter. I thought at first that, too. But then I was like. I was like, no, because Misty's daughter owns a yoga studio Uh and isn't that young. Mm -hmm. Okay, good. Yeah. So but I, I but I was thinking Mr. Sheridan, I was like. Wait, he owns half the town. Doesn't Misty's husband own half the town? So they, so it's like half and half with those two. So it's like, wait, <laughs> is Misty's last name Sheridan? But it wasn't. No. Yeah, there was no connection. What do What do you think of Misty? I mean, she was cartoonish um, because she was always in people's business. She works at the library not because she needs to, but because she's a rich person, and rich people like to have jobs where they feel like they're doing good things for people. Uh, you know, like working at nonprofits and working at libraries and stuff. And uh, I want I want to say she's like comically villainous, 
But I do think there are people exactly like her, like middle age, Botox, hair pulled back, trying to stay young, even though obviously time is uh, horrible and the worst enemy that we all have to face. And uh, and uh, she just was, you know, goes up to Ernesto the first time he puts out his truck and is like, do you have your papers? Yeah. But you know what? I bet you there's tons of people like that. Like this is probably exactly what happens because sometimes when you read something, you're like, that's too on the nose to be true. It probably is. I'm sure that this is something that the author has dealt with consistently in their life, dealing with people who just come in and don't want them around just because of the color of their skin. So I, I definitely hated Misty. Um, but it doesn't really, you know, it, it's it's a, it's a wrench in the works. Um, but I don't know if it necessarily paid off in a really satisfying way. You know, what did you think of Misty? Yeah, I mean, I think those people like racists exist, obviously. Yeah. Um, but I did feel like it. She was just, I don't know. She was just so like cartoonishly evil the entire time of like trying to trap them. And I and racism racism was just the motivating factor for her, and that's yeah. who she is. But it also felt like I don't. There wasn't a. I don't. She didn't feel like a full person. Yeah. I don't know, but yeah. I mean, when I used to work in a restaurant, and we would have people come in and bother our kitchen staff and tell them about papers and whisper yeah, yeah. that to them and stuff too, and it was all very disturbing. Um. So yeah, I know that that happens and that exists and. But, yeah, I don't know. It just – and then it also felt like whenever something went wrong, oh, it was Misty. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where it's like maybe had she – because, like, there are racists who, like, try to hide it. And if maybe she wasn't so, like, out front and evil from the beginning, Mm -hmm. it would have been more of a, like, no, shit, it's Misty. Oh, yeah, exactly. But I don't – that's the other thing. I don't know if this book was about, like, who is the racist homophobe who is trying to sabotage – like a who done it situation. No, you're right, you're right. I think maybe the reason also like Misty is in such stands out is because I think the rest of the side characters are drawn pretty well for mm-hmm. us not spending a ton of time with them. Like Inesso sister Minerva, you feel like you sort of knew, even though we see her barely at all. His mom, um, you know, Jude's family, Jude's best friend Carmen, like they're they were all such full people that then I think it was like in stark contrast that Misty was well Jude's I mean Jude's family his older brother was a caricature but like his sister Mary and his brother-in-law and god how heartbreaking it was Mary when she said you know I'm worried for your soul and I'm worried for my soul now that I'm gonna die and you need to not be who you are it's so heartbreaking that that happens like how that's like so sad yeah. and sick. Yeah, it's yeah, it's crazy. I, I do like that the author didn't like um, have it be a big uh, no pun intended, but like come to Jesus moment where she was like, I actually I loved you and I was wrong. Yeah, I mean, this is more realistic. Yeah. And it was more about Jew just having to deal with the fact that like his family betrayed him and mm-hmm. he didn't treat him and love him the way that he deserved to be loved but it was still okay for him to love them back in the way that he could yes 
which shows a lot of strength of character for him because yeah. he still loved Mary, even though he like he separated it. And so what did you think of Nesto? Because this exp- this book is called American Dreamer, and it is a lot about the immigrant experience. Yeah. And that's something that he is like very connected to as uh-huh. a Dominican uh, immigrant. Um, I thought he was cool. I liked how straightforward he was. I liked how, uh, you know, he was very forward, but also very kind and uh, very understanding. He just seemed like a cool dude. Yeah, but the little moments that really broke my heart were, you know, Misty calls in a food complaint. Oh, yeah. And then he has to talk them. He, so he has to call the health department to figure out how we can open up his truck again. And he can't get mad. And he can't get mad. Yeah. Even though, like, this is, like, in indignity. Oh, absolutely. And people came and they upset his workers because his workers are part of, a like, a new immigrant program mm-hmm. or something. I don't know if they're refugees, but anyway, they're they're immigrants. And so it's, like, you know, they're coming by scaring people that he cares about. Yeah. And instead of calling up and just being, like, what the fuck is the matter with yeah. you? Like, this is such bullshit. Like, I've only got clean bills and, like, no, you can't do this. Like, he has to really police his tone yep. and act super duper nice and be like, oh, well, this is good. She's doing a nice thing for me. And I was like, oh, that sucks. If anybody is a listener to this podcast and knows that when I read books that have food in it, sometimes they make me sick to my stomach. This book made me hungry. It made me very hungry because they were talking about all the different stuff that Ernesto made, the burritos and like the corn custard uh, or the corn pudding that he, I was just like, I want to eat all this stuff. Yeah. So it made me so hungry. It made me so mad that I could not go to this truck. Uh Uh-huh. Anya, because... I wanted to eat all the Caribbean burritos. Yes. They all sounded amazing. I want the dusadas. I want the, yeah, the dessert. I've had a sweet corn pudding. It's amazing. It's everything you want it to be. Yeah. It's crazy how hungry this made me, how good all the food sounded and how much I wanted to eat and how sad I am. There are no Dominican restaurants in my neighborhood. Yeah. I can say definitively. I checked. You did? Did you, while you were reading this, did you? Well, I had to eat lunch, so I was like, yeah. let's see what I, we got around here, and yeah. nada. Well, then I think this is a successful book just in that. Yeah. And that making you crave, I mean, I want a jerk chicken burrito. I even wanted to eat his spaghetti and meatballs. Yeah. I was, I was, I was upset that it was a closed-door spaghetti and meatball eating mm-hmm. uh, dinner because I wanted to see them meatballs well what would he do with the meatballs he said he had he said he had some shortcuts remember he was like i got some hacks or some shortcuts for this i wanted to see that yeah and that's unprecedented for me because i usually don't want to read about food you're like less food no food yeah no food Uh, none none of these people eat they're just having they're just having nutrition capsules (laughs) but this you're like more food more food absolutely um, what did you think of the sexy times? I liked it. I thought that it was super hot. Um, it was really funny the first time they jerk each other off and they're so hot and horny for each other. And then as soon as they're done, they continue the, so what was your family like <laughs> after they came all over each other, all over their 
their shirts and shit. I love that because it's so, you know, they were so horny for each other. And then they go on the vacation, like the one night uh, vacation, which is just at like a nice restaurant in, uh, around the area. In the Airbnb, or not, a, bread and bre- bre- a bed and breakfast, yeah. yeah. And they hadn't had full on sex yet. And Ernesto brought condoms and lube. And Jude was like, well, you were confident. I wanted to be like, Jude, <laughs> you guys have been he, – he's been over your house every night. You're doing everything. He's eating your ass out. You know, he, of course he thinks that he's going to get lucky tonight. It's, it was insane. I wanted to be like, Jude, come on. What do you mean? I know he was kidding, but it was still it was like, like – yeah. Yeah, but I liked – I mean, all that stuff was really hot, I thought. Oh, yeah, very hot sex scenes. Yeah, I thought really well done. And moving the story forward in a way, too. Yeah. Because there was it, only, like, two or three. Yes, there wasn't a lot, but they – you know, it got progressively more intimate. Yeah. Yeah. And – well, and their bedroom play was so – yeah, because Nesto like takes charge, yes. talks dirty. Oh yeah, and it's great. It's so good. Yeah. And what do you want me to do to you, baby? <laughs> and I mean, Dan Savage always says like, if you're nervous about dirty talk, like just narrate what you're doing. Yes. And it is very effective. Yes, yes. So that's my tip from me to you out there. <laughs> nice. I mean, the big question mm-hmm. is, would you fuck them? Yes. You would fuck Jude. Sure. They said he looked like Hunter Parrish. Like who? The son from Weeds. Oh, really? Yeah. At one point they say that. Oh, okay. Oh, that's who they, because they say a name and I didn't recognize it. Mm. So, um, I'm, I wouldn't fuck Jude, but I'd fuck Nesto. And the only reason is because. Jude is so much just like like me in the sense of I think his body would be kind of similar, you know, but Nesto, I think, was really, really buff, really hot, confident, good and bad, great and bad. Yeah. You know, take over, you know, and then make me spaghetti and meatballs. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I have to pick of the two, Nesto, obviously. Yeah. But... I mean, I like that Jude reads a lot. I love that he works yeah. at a library. I feel like Jude and I would just like kind of be friends, and then we would just like watch old Betty Davis movies and fall asleep. Yeah, see, I think me and Jude would would like read books and maybe jerk each other off, mm-hmm. but it would ever be neither of you. Your hearts would really be in it. No, it would just be, <laughs> and then and then I think if he found somebody or I found somebody, we would stop doing it and still hang out. Yeah, that's how I feel like me and Jude. So I would do stuff with Jude, but I wouldn't. I mean, uh, of the two, I think Nesto just, I think, would compliment me better. Yeah. Bring me out, you know, have me doing fun stuff that I normally wouldn't do. Jude, I don't think, would push me in any way. No. Like the in Slow Heat when it's like him and his ex-boyfriend, but they're still friends. Like you and Jude yes. would still be friends and people would be like, you guys dated? And you'd be like, oh, yeah, it was so long ago. Yeah. And we didn't really even date. We were just like jerking each other. Yeah. That's what you'd say at the dinner party. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then each of you would have your husbands there and it would be like. And they'd laugh about it. Yeah. Yeah. Goodreads lists. Yes. Now, this is probably not on a lot, right? Because it's new. No, it's on a ton. Yes. Yeah. That's great. Um, I know for 2019. Are you sure this is 2019? I'm not sure. 
you're not sure. <laughs> um, it could be another time. It said on Guru's 2019. That's what I went with. Oh, okay. I'm severely jet lagged. That's fine. I've been in the States for two days. Okay. So I apologize if it's not 2019. Okay, but then the first list is <laughs> 2019 romance books by authors of color. Then, then okay, <laughs> then we, that's proof. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Ooh, uh, diverse romance with found families. Yes. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, his his friends were his family. Although he had a strong Nesto had like a, a real strong family and a real sweet mom. And Jude found uh, a kind of a family in Carmen. Yeah, she was sort of like a sister to him. His new big sister or yeah. whatever, yeah. Uh, LGBT covers with POC. Yes, and I know what all those mean. Good job. Yes. Fresh start romances. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nessa got a fresh start. It didn't so like did he... Jude. Yeah. They both got a fresh start. I'm really happy they found each other. Yeah. I hope they move back to New York City, though. Well, that's always the dream. Yeah. It's hard that they're in Ithaca. Yeah. And not in New York City when, like, they could be in New York City. Yeah. And that truck could be, listen, you got two customers that would go there every day. Yeah. Or every other day, depending on where it's parked. Yeah. I mean, we're not, I'm not going inner borough, like, every day. It's no, hard to do. Of course not. Yeah, unless it's Manhattan. Of course not. <laughs> um, yeah. And he's also from... Uh, he grew up in the Bronx, but then he lives in, like, Washington Heights. Have you been up to Washington Heights? Not recently. It's lovely. Yeah. It's gorgeous. I probably haven't been up there in, like, five years. I had a therapist who was up there for a while, so that's why I was headed up there. But, yeah, it's great. Anyway. Had a therapist? Well, then I moved therapist. Oh, uh, okay. And now my new one's now Washington Square Park. So. They're no good? First my one, one no, now? First one no good? Well, she was just so far. It was a okay, lot. It was yeah. a lot of, and I would think I was still living. I was living on Thirty Fourth Street at the time on the East Side. Like, how far are you going to go for your well being? <laughs> Tell you what, if not you're Washington a New Yorker, Heights. if you're a New Yorker, I don't know, not, not that, not, not that high town. up, <laughs> not cross town. <laughs> it's true. Queer friendships at the center in romance novels. Oh yeah, because all of, his friends, all of his friends were queer. Yeah, all yeah. of uh, Nesto's friends were queer. Yeah. So there's four of them. So they were yeah. all. Um, oh, and Nessa talks about learning how to make pasta on Arthur Avenue. Yeah. I love it. Um, own Voices Latinx books. Yeah. Q-P-O-C-Y-A slash N-A. Oh, this is, how long do we have? <laughs> how long are we recording? You're going to get it. Well, okay. So the first is Q-P-O-C. Um... Well, person of color, queer person of color. Mm-hmm. Yes. Y-A slash N-A. Young adult slash N-A. Not applicable. No. New uh, adult. New adult. Yes, because it's new adult, but it's this isn't young adult. I don't think this is new adult either. How old are they supposed to be? Because Jude's like 30. Yeah. I didn't think it belonged in this category. They seem like adults. And this is definitely like an adult book. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Do a lot of young adult books have analingus in them? Uh, I don't know. Okay. I don't read a lot of young adult books. But I would oh. <laughs> read a lot more if they had analingus in them. <laughs> or our new adult, I don't think. Well, we did The Deal, which is, is a new adult book. And we did Red, White, and Royal Blue. 
That's new adult too. Yeah, right. And neither of them are. The deal had had it was pretty explicit. Had, yeah, it was explicit. But um, well, because young adult is young adult can be underage, like yeah, is like is, teens is teens, and like sometimes they can be in college and stuff. But I think once you get to college, you can be a new adult book and have more explicit sex. Obviously, mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway, I don't think it belongs in that category. I don't think it's new adult. I think they're in the well, late twenties. Okay, yeah, but it, yeah, you're right. Well, also the first part of it is correct. The second part of it is incorrect. Right. Because like, so take it off the list. Jude has not spoken to his family in ten years, and I think he was kicked out when he was like seventeen, eighteen, or maybe yeah. a little bit old. No, yeah, I don't think it's young adult or new adult. All right, food related fiction. Yes. Communities of safety and romance. Yeah, I mean, I think they created a community of safety. Yeah, except for Misty. Yeah. Well built communities and romance around a building or business. Um, well, I would say, yeah, I would, I would say the food truck had a community around it. Mm-hmm. All his friends, his mom, um, the, the two people he hired, Jude. Yeah. Uh, career-oriented main characters in romance novels you adore. Yeah. They're both very career-oriented. Yes. Romance novels capturing the immigrant experience. Yeah. Bookish male-male romance. Um. Yes, Jude's bookish. I wouldn't say Nesto. Well, no, Nesto said that he was into the library too, but just not as much. No, but I think yeah, Nesto didn't make it his career. Yeah, but I mean, he doesn't really talk about books. He that doesn't much. talk about books that, books that much. Well, he's also like peeling garlic all day every day. Yeah. Um, romance books with librarians and archivists. Well, it should be or because he's yeah. not an archivist, right? You're right. So. I'd hate to take it off the list on a technicality, but I'm gonna take it off the list. You're gonna love this list. Book book titles that start with a vowel. Why even? <laughs> what are you even doing? Why do you need that category? And what? How much time do you have? And this is somebody who should be doing community service. Yeah. Go to a soup kitchen. You know, instead of making Goodreads lists with th- that that kind of stuff. Come on. <laughs> Uh, nerdy heroes and adult gay romance. You know, Jude, thankfully, is not super nerdy. Like, I know he reads, he's a librarian, but he didn't have that, you know, because I think a lot of times the shortcut for nerds in books is, you know, he would be talking about uh, Star Wars or Game of Thrones or something, and he didn't. So I wouldn't call him a nerd. He's like a book nerd. I'd say he's bookish. Like if a nerd is just somebody who is like very passionate about something, then he's very passionate about books. I guess, but, I, but that's no. really not what a nerd is. Yeah. Well, the, the definition of nerd has changed so much. Now everyone's a nerd. Uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Now if you're not a nerd, then you are not part of the culture. Male, male, men with facial hair. Neither of them had facial hair. Ernesto didn't have any facial hair that we know of? I mean, of? I don't know. Nothing that... I don't remember it standing out to me that he had facial hair. Yeah. Maybe, Maybe he, he had did. a goatee. Yeah. Sure. Let's give him a goatee. Flavor saver. Ew. No. <laughs> that's disgusting. That's what they're called. They're so gross. Goatees? Not goatees, but when they have that little thing under their lip. Yeah. That's disgusting. Okay. 
gay romance fiction featuring interesting jobs. Yeah. Yeah, I think they both have interesting jobs. Mm-hmm. I love the idea of a bookmobile. Yes. Did you have a bookmobile when you grew up? I didn't. We did. It was very fun. I wish I did. But I think I got, you know, I I had enough access to a library, you know, so I didn't need the bookmobile. But I would have been super psyched. Yeah. We had a great library in Goffstown, New Hampshire. Uh-huh. And um, it's still, like, one of the prettiest buildings I've been in. And yeah, but we still had a bookmobile. Yeah. They would just come to, like, events and stuff. It was really cool. Um, male, male romance books set in New York. Yeah, New York State. When people say New York, they really mean New York City, right? Yeah. They're, I mean, I know what that either. I know what that list was, and they, it, technically it's on that list. But if I said, "Oh, this book takes place in New York," someone would say, "Oh, what avenue? What street? What what borough?" I'd be like, uh, "Ithaca." They'd say, "What?" Who's this person asking these questions? What avenue? <laughs> what avenue? <laughs> oh, that sounds like a schlep. I can't read that book. I can't relate. For the people who hate when we talk too much about New York, this episode has been a trial. Oh, yes. <laughs> but, yeah, so that was all the lists. Yeah. Good lists. You mean... You said good lists. Yeah, good lists. Oh, those are all good lists? Yeah, I'm just making a comment about the lists. Some of them were bad. Some of them weren't great. Some of them were inaccurate. (laughs) All right. What are your tropes? So, um, interracial romance. Yes. Gay romance. Mm -hmm. Food porn. Mm. Most definitely. You know, I would say Nesto's an alpha. Yeah. He's a sensitive alpha. But he's definitely an alpha. Well, I don't know that alpha necessarily needs to be an asshole. He's not an... Because he's not an asshole. No, no. He's not He's not an alpha hole. No. But he is definitely like the take charge. This is what I want. You know. But in a respectful way. Yes. Yes. I say that as a compliment. Because mm-hmm. I like alphas. I don't like alpha holes. I like alphas. Um, bookish hero. Confident hero. Nesta was very confident. Uh, close family, um, and analingus. Really into the ass eating. It, you know, ass eating is a, a big thing that just started to become prominent in the last, I'd say, like five or six years. Yeah. Did you ever hear about ass eating when you were like 20? Yeah. You knew about it? Yeah. But were people doing it? I don't know. Okay. I mean, I knew that it was a thing that could be done, but it wasn't so mainstream. No, it's very mainstream now. Yeah, eating ass is very mainstream. Mm-hmm. It's almost basic. Yeah. Right? Which, if someone told you, like, if, if a stranger came up to you 15 years, no, say 20 years ago, and was like, you know, in the future, analingus is going to be basic, what would you say to that stranger? Yeah. I'd Who say, just grabbed you and just said that to you? I'd say, I'm 15. <laughs> I recently learned what a blowjob was for real. This is a lot. You wouldn't be like, are you from the future? <laughs> and then they were like, I have a time machine. Did you think that he just came back in time and he can only talk about sex acts? Like he can't say like, you know, he can't warn you against any like big national disasters or anything. He just has to be like, I'm purely a time traveler to let people know about different sex acts that we're doing in the future. Yeah. But people were eating ass in the 90s. They were. But like, again, it's not like it wasn't mainstream. 
Is it just your first time reading about it that is really... No, we've had... uh, Haven't we had books where people have eaten ass? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. But I just think... I'm just thinking about it in general where it's something that is more and more talked about. Yeah. You know, just like dinner parties and things like that. Yeah. Where it never used to be. Well, that's my list. That's it? Yes. All right. You can't go anywhere after that. You knew what to put at the end. Of course. Because, <laughs> yeah. Because we're talking about the end. Aaron, what are your tropes? Um, small town romance, found families, strong mothers, meddling friends, because these friends could not keep their business to themselves. Yes. Small business owners, librarians, bad families. Jude had a bad family. Cooking. Nice people being nice, because this was just about nice people being nice. The nice people were nice, yes, and the bad people were bad. But for the most part, everyone was nice. Yeah. Uh, interracial romance, just friends, neighbors. They were said they were just neighbors, but they would make out. Mm-hmm. And then my favorite, and this is like a cousin to the sex pact. No sex, so we don't catch feelings, but oops, we caught feelings. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. So they always try to do that, but it's you can't. There's only a certain point you can get to, and getting intimate with somebody mentally and emotionally that you just got to take that next step. Yeah, it's wonderful to watch. It's very angsty. I love it. Yeah, you love the angst. I do. I love a sex pact mm-hmm. or a sex contract. I don't know, whatever it is. Sex pact is fine. Yeah, where it's like. We can't have sex. We'll just have sex this once and mm-hmm. then never again. And they shake hands. Yeah. It's, I want it. Okay. Yeah. So what has you swooning this week? Well, Aaron, as I've said before, we're not the only podcast out there. <laughs> and when it comes to podcasts, you know, I'm all for polygamy. You can listen to as many podcasts as you want. Uh-huh. And there's a certain podcast that I've been listening to recently that I love, and it is right up my alley. There's a podcast that was made specifically for me. This is the podcast. It's called Bizarre Albums. <laughs> and the great thing about this podcast is uh, the host, Tony Thaxton, talks about bizarre albums that have come out in you know the past like 50, 60 years. And he is he, he's talking about stuff like um, Shaquille O'Neal put out a rap album called Shaq Diesel. Joe Pesci put out an album as the character from My Cousin Vinny where he sings because he started out as a singer. Uh-huh. And um, stuff like the Simpsons had that Simpsons Sing the Blues album. And there's so many more. But the great thing about this podcast is it's 15 to 25 minutes 25 minutes is like a long one and he doesn't make fun of these albums. He talks about them and their origins and how they connect to the out, like the, to other um, pop artists and stuff like that. Uh, And it's, it's, he uses sound clips from interviews with the artists and archival stuff. He does the, there's a one about chipmunks punk which is an album that is the chipmunks singing punk songs. They're mostly just new wave songs. <laughs> but he goes into like the history of the chipmunks because they had that famous song back in the day. Uh, Christmas time is here, right? Which, you know, but they were in no man's land for a while. And then chipmunk punk brought them back. And that's when they got the cartoon show that we know as kids. So it's just really fascinating. It doesn't overstay its welcome. He's 
very informative. It's just, I love, I just will binge like, cause I didn't know about this podcast and I just found it. And there was like maybe 15 episodes and I just one after the other binged them. Uh, so they're really great. And I would recommend that if you love music, pop culture or weird pop culture. So bizarre albums, say download it. Definitely. We'll link it. We will definitely link it. Um, yeah, that sounds really cool. Yeah. Aaron, what is ha- what has you swooning this week? So this is a a swoon from like it's a movie that came out 20 years ago, but I Timely. Yeah. <laughs> and I think we're ready to watch it now. Yeah. Uh, but in reading this book, it really reminded me of this movie. So then okay. I was like, oh, I don't think this movie a lot of people know about, so I'll talk about it. And it's also, it's like, a, it was an independent movie in, like made in the 90s. It came out in 2000. And I really love the whole aesthetic of the 90s independent film scene. Oh, me too. Really amazing. Like the fashions alone, the... Uh, the camera work, everything's a little fuzzy. I'm into every moment of it. Anyway, so this movie is called Big Eden. And it's, you've seen it? Never heard of it. Okay. And it's about um, this guy who lives in New York City. So we love it. Into but it. Has to leave New York City. Oh, I hate that. Tragedy. Hate it. Uh, and he moves back home to Montana to take care of a uh, relative who is um, sick. And while there, he has to sort of confront the guy that he was in love with in high school who kind of never returned his affections and also starts falling in love with someone else in town. And so it's like a little bit of a love triangle, but it's a really sweet story. Um, and if you're looking for like a good romance to watch, you're sick of reading. It's not, I want to call it a rom-com but it's just like a sweet romance independent movie. It's on available on like Amazon and iTunes and stuff. So you think you're, you can watch it. Um, so it's called Big Eden. And I would suggest watch it if you haven't seen it. Nice. Really good. All right, everybody. So that's our episode. Um, thanks so much for listening. Um, if you enjoyed yourself, you want to leave us a little review. We appreciate it. It's how people find us. You guys have been really amazing at doing that. So thank you so much um so you can leave that review on itunes if you want to um suggest something for us you have comments for us you can email us at learning the tropes podcast at gmail.com um we're also on twitter at learning tropes and we are at instagram at learning the tropes um we have a facebook page that you can like but we don't do much there where we do all of our activities in the learning the tropes troop so if you want to go ahead and join that we always let you know what books we're reading really early um people are really great at sort of bringing articles and starting discussions and requesting um recommendations and stuff so it's a fun time so come join us there um and if you want to hire me to edit your podcast yeah. email us if you have any freelance work for clayton absolutely he's open for business back when i was freelance like eight or so years ago i once got paid fifty dollars to smell stuff okay what yeah We'll just leave it at that. Yeah, I mean, it's a story that, you know, uh, we'll tell at a different time. But definitely, listen, I'm open to stuff is all (laughs) I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, definitely reach out. You can email us at learningthetropespodcast at gmail.com. Clayton checks that email. Um, And so... I do have access. Yeah, he has access to everything. Um, And then next week, we are reading a cowboy romance... We are reading Texas Destiny by Lorraine Heath. So 
So get ready for that, everybody. Um, And we will see you next week. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye.